Hey everyone, it's Tony. Welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. Tonight I am joined by Mark and Adam. How's it going, guys? Doing great, Tony. How you doing tonight? Doing fine, Mark. How about yourself, Adam? Wait a minute. Where is the where are the ladies? Uh, I believe they're out looking for dresses. Uh-oh. Just us? <laughs> Who's going to keep us in check? No one. This is like a meeting of the He-Man Woman Haters Club. So, <laughs> That's everybody true. Everybody give the high sign. <laughs> I, I think Bridget, I, I think when we proposed Bridget being on the show, I got the eye roll. And then that was the, <laughs> that was the end of that discussion. <laughs> That's right. And Bridget is not here. And Chris is not here. And Liza is not here because we are talking WandaVision. Nobody really wanted to geek out with us, I guess. I don't know why. Uh, we, we are the three nerds uh, of, I, of the show. And we, we have given you well well over a week to uh, get through it. Spoilers, we might talk about things that happen. So if you haven't watched yet, pause this episode because we don't know where this is going. This is completely... Oh, well, no, you should not listen to this if you have not watched... If you care about yeah. the ending of the show and you haven't um, That's seen right. it. That's yeah, right, would... because uh, we all know that Howard the Duck did it, and uh, it's all his fault. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Did you guys see that Darth Vader uh, cameo appearance or was that it, just me? It, it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> the way he slaughtered those Ewoks. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's not what happened. But, uh, you know, we're, we're through nine episodes of WandaVision. Uh, it has been wrapped up, you know, after what some would consider to be a slow start. You know, I, I thought it uh you know, a lot of the budget had to go in that uh, that final episode because that was that was the big payoff. I personally enjoyed it. You know, I can't get enough Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, in my life. I, I, w- I wish there was more. And uh, I'm kind of sad that it's gone. And, and there is no season two. And there, that's for reasons that we'll talk about later. But, uh, you know, thanks. Thanks. It's been a, a interesting start to the MCU on Disney Plus. It definitely has. I, th- I thought, you know, for. for you know, because I, I think there was some question at the beginning, like, well, how how are they going to do this? Are they going to be able to pull it off? There, there's always that. Is Marvel going to be able to pull it off? And they and they haven't disappointed yet. No, <laughs> they always manage to pull it off. <laughs> I will I will tell you. I've said this before. You know, when the, that summer that Thor came out, I said, ah, geez, it's directed by Kenneth Branagh. You know, Thor. I just don't see how it's going to work. It worked. Guardians of the Galaxy came out. I said, God, this is like a C-list hero team. I don't know how Guardians of the Galaxy is going to work out. It couldn't have been more popular. You know, I feel the same way about the Eternals. I don't think the Eternals in November is going to be great. But, you know, and coming into WandaVision, you know, they were supposed to lead into the MCU on Disney Plus with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And because of the COVID pandemic, production there got shut down. Um, and they ended up having WandaVision ready first. And I just, you know, you don't know how it's going to go. You heard it was going to kind of be weird. And it was the first couple of episodes. You know, Cheryl had a tough time sticking with it. But you just you need to sit through it. You know, my in-laws yeah. are watching it now. And I told them, you know, they said, oh, the first two episodes were rough. I'm like, it's going to pay off. I'm like, just yeah. you made it through two. You know, you're you're more than a you're almost a quarter of the way there. I'm like, just get to episode four. If you can get to episode four, it starts to play out a little differently. But, you know, the first two episodes were a great homage to the sitcoms of my youth. 
you know, I was not young when these sitcoms uh, aired in the 50s and the well, part of the 60s I was. But, <laughs> you know, the the Dick Van Dyke show homage in episode one was phenomenal. Yeah. And they did bring in Dick Van Dyke to consult on classic sitcom uh, structure, which I thought was uh, amazing. And, and then to to theme the show that way. I mean, it was literally, you know, like you were stepping back into the into the 50s. Um, so a, a great homage to sitcoms throughout the years. I, I thought it's a, you know, a unique framework for a series to do that where every week is a different decade. Obviously, if they come back for a season two, they would have to switch it up. You know, the, I, I don't think they would go the sitcom route. And, and there's a reason why the sitcom route was taken. Right. And, you know, that's something that we'll get into as, as the discussion continues. But Adam, what, what were your general feelings on the, on the series overall? We knew it was going to be weird because Endgame ended or Infinity War and Endgame ended with Vision dead. And Vision was in all of the promos for this show coming out. So which I guess they I mean, it would have been hard to hide him in the trailers and all that stuff. But uh, so we, I, well, maybe it was better, best that they didn't because we I knew mean, his, now, his name was in the title. Right. Yeah, he had well, to be true. true. Right. That's part of the hook, too. Like, well, how did he what's going on? Right. You know, yeah, you know, because cause then we're watching, we're trying to figure out when the when is this actually taking place? How far after Endgame is it? I love the black and white sitcoms of the 50s and the 60s. Quick story: When I was young, we had uh, we would watch Nick at Night a lot, and Nick at Night had I Love Lucy often, and uh, I would watch it. And as the story goes, is I t- asked, I told my parents one day about this new show that's on TV and it, there's no color. Check out this new show that they put out. There's no color. And then they laughed and they says, well, no, that's an old show. They're just replaying yeah. it for you to, to enjoy it. And uh, so I, th- the black and white thing, that, that was cool. And I'm glad that they did the two episodes at first so that we can kind of progress because we didn't get much weird in that first episode until the very, until the end, basically when, um, when Vision, you know, did his pulling out of the uh, the piece of whatever that was in Mr. Hard throat there. But um, I'm glad that they sped through those two first. And then we got our each episode each week, which helps us, you know, take a whole week to think about what's happening and kind of catch up. And I am glad that not to get off track here, but I am glad that they do, you know, one episode a week as opposed to putting it all out at once so that I have time to, you know, sit and enjoy it as opposed to like, you know, binging and you know six hours worth of episodes one you know late night on a Friday. I don't think that this is a show you can binge watch, only because of the fact that thematically each episode is so different. I think you kind of need that little bit of a buffer, whether you know whether it's a week between episodes yeah. or a couple of days between episodes. But I don't think it would flow well if you just sat and watched it all the way through. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I I agree with that. I think that's that's true with this show, and I'm actually I, I'm I'm very curious because I know that a lot of people have been you know we I, I think I even said those first two episodes tended to be a little slower. I mean this was definitely a slow burn show, you know. I'm interested now now that it's over now that we know what the ending is. I'm interested to actually go back and rewatch what we saw and see if we get more clues now that we know the you know now that we're on the other side, you know. Well, it's it's always so obvious. Right. You know, when you go back and watch it like, oh, how did yeah. I, how did I miss that? You know, it's clear right. as day. Of course, you couldn't see it when it started. 
Um, Mark, your your overall perception of the show. I I really really love this show. I mean, I I I I thought it was great. I. I, I was sort of surprised by how much I liked it because, you know, going into it, I said, you know, as I said, I was I was I had like a little bit of, a, you know, concern about not concerned, but I was like, eh, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch it. Um, but I, I don't I don't know that I was excited about it, you know, and candidly, like I liked Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany in in Endgame and Infinity War and all and the other MCU movies that they appeared in. But we didn't really know them that we didn't get to know them that well. They didn't, they didn't have a whole lot of screen time. So, you know, they certainly weren't my like favorite characters. And, um, and now, now that we've gotten this show, I love these two characters and, you know, I, I, and I really want to, I, like, I want more of both of these characters. I think, I certainly think we're going to get more of, of, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, you know, what, what, what happens with vision is I guess up in the air, but, um, yeah, I, I love these yeah, two no characters. No pun intended, now. I guess. I, yes, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you you say they haven't been around much, but they've been around since Avengers: uh, Age of Ultron, which, right, you know, is what uh, 2016, 2015. Right. 15, yeah. So you know, it was through uh, Avengers: Ultron, Civil War, uh, both Endgame, uh, both Avengers: Endgame, and Infinity War. Um, so they've they've been around a while, but you're right. You know, in a in an ensemble show, you know, you know, you get a couple minutes here and there. Right. Uh, you got their meeting in Scotland during Infinity War, which kind of you know was overshadowed by Cap's return with the beard right. and his nomad style uh, outfit. Um, so you know, you got the, but you did get a sense of their relationship, and and I think you're right. You know, that's they they play well off of each other. You yeah. know, she's the, you know, she's uh, the foreigner. He's the innocent synthesoid, you know, <laughs> with the with the pure heart. Him being uh, one of the three MCU characters that we've seen able to lift uh, Mjolnir. Right. Uh, you know, so we know that he's pure, and um, you know, he's learning, and she's in a new world. Uh, you know, coming from uh, Sokovia. Uh, into the world of the Avengers and, and America. So they're both kind of, I, I don't know, wide-eyed innocents, and they manage to find each other, which I think is great. And it's, you know, it's a classic love story. You know, most love stories don't end with somebody having an Infinity Stone ripped out of their head. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's generally not. But, uh, yeah, I but I, I I just, I love these two now. Like, I, I, I mean, not that I ever disliked them, but I was just sort of like, yeah, okay. You know, like Infinity War, when, when, when Vision dies in, Infin- in Infinity War, I was sad about it, but I was kind of sort of like, well, if somebody's got to go, if Vision's fine, right? right <laughs> you know, right. that's kind of where I'm at, where I was at. And, um, and now it's just like, I'm like, I, I want, I want Vision back now. Right. <laughs> right? Like, bring him back. Right. Because like, well, Paul, Paul Bettany is amazing in this show. Like, I mean, he was just fantastic in the whole, like in the, in the sitcom pieces and in the vision piece. I mean, he was just fantastic. Yeah. You know, during infinity war, I was like, you know, Shuri work faster, you know, get that, yeah, get right. that stone taken care of. And, and then he sacrifices himself. Ultimately. I did not know that Paul Bettany was the albino monk in the Da Vinci code movie. Did oh, you ever he, see is? The da Vinci? he is. I, I, I have did to not know that. I've seen it, but I yeah, I never had that. Never entered my mind. That's interesting. And we all know that uh, that Elizabeth Olsen is, of course, from the uh, 
Olsen family, who is uh, the younger sister of the right. Olsen twins, which uh, which is pretty cool. I, I question when they cast Paul Bettany as as the voice of Jarvis in Iron Man one, you know, 12 years ago. Do you think anybody asked him or told him, hey, there might be a possibility that you're going to have to be actually play a role and put on some face paint and fly around in a cape? Because he went from, you know, doing a voice behind a microphone, real easy stuff, real easy, to now having to show up <laughs> to a set and go through hair and makeup every day and put on yeah. all that, put on all that garb. And, and he, he's not a, a 25 year old superhero. You know, he's an, he, I don't want to be rude, but he's like an older man compared to the people that he was working with. I'll, I'll say that. And I want, I just wonder if anybody told him, look, there might, if this goes well, you might have to actually do something more than just speak. I, I would like to think that they had it all planned out. You know, that that's been the beauty of the MCU is that hey, everything has just flowed so well together. Yeah. And yeah. There has been no incongruence at all. You know, it's just been smooth. It's it's not like DC. You know, right. DC couldn't be more disjointed, you know, of, of an effort between a company and everything that Marvel has done. You know, it just you, you don't see the setups like, oh, my God, they set this up like three movies ago. Right. And it's and it's just paying off. Like, did somebody have this grand design that we're going to do 23 films? I'd love to say that when they did Iron Man 1, when when they did the first Iron Man, they didn't know that it was going to build the MCU. And here they've got Paul Bettany doing Jarvis's voice. Okay, you know, I'd love to think they had the forethought, but nobody knew how well Iron Man was going to do. Right, it could right. it could have it could have sunk. And, and, and I don't had the MCU. And I don't think so too because that was that was a movie produced by Paramount before Disney bought Marvel and they hired, you know, as the story goes, I hired like uh, Robert Downey Jr., who was like kind of like a, I don't want to say cast off, but he had his his issues as a as a person. They had hired John Favreau, who was at that point is is a well known movie person, and uh, and it worked. But then when Paramount or, or when Marvel gets sold to Disney and all that kind of like changes hands, that's where things could have gone off the rails, I guess. But they kept Kevin Feige as in charge of the Marvel, uh, you know, slate, if you will. And that's where that continuity kind of helped, which helps Marvel. And it kind of there was like compared to like Star Wars, there's like some kind of issues with, you know, who's in charge of Star Wars and what. Not that yeah. I want to get into that, but but having Kevin Feige as, you know, in charge of everything really, you know, one person kind of, you know, saying, hey, this is what we're going to talk about. And then and then and then the directors and the, the screenwriters, they see, all seem to have a little bit of leeway in terms of what they can do. But they all kind of have to stick around this story, which. I think is a good thing for the fans so that everything kind of stays together. That's a, that's a good point, Adam. Look at you being the film historian. <laughs> <laughs> I try now. Now yeah. let me, let me ask um, Adam, your, your familiarity with the characters is just related to the movie uh, franchise, correct? Yeah, I have not, I have not read the comics um, the only thing I know is just what I read or, or watch like on YouTube, people explaining <laughs> what happens in the comics and why it could relate to what's going to happen in the show. OK. And Mark, how about you? I mean, I was familiar with the I, I was aware of the characters. I, I, I will say that I didn't um, I didn't read any of the, the comics when I was younger. However, I am I, I just got a subscription to 
Marvel Unlimited, and I've started reading the the uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch comics. All right, me. there you go. So yeah, make make sure you catch House of M because that's okay. uh, that's a big one. And uh, Vision had a nice little mini series where he ends up married. It's it's not to Scarlet Witch, but uh, he ends up married and having children. And uh, you know they they tied some of those elements into the uh, into the show on Disney Plus. Okay. So it, it, it's interesting uh, in that regard. Now, before we go any further, let me hit you guys with a little trivia. You know that I usually do trivia uh, on the on our podcast uh, every now and then. Paul Bettany's wife has a tie to the Marvel Universe. What is it? Is she uh, Catherine Hahn? It is not Catherine Hahn. Oh. All right. No, Mark, Mark, no is, Mark is Googling. I am Googling. I don't, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. I, all right. Uh, the answer is his his wife is Jennifer Connelly, whom he met on the uh, cat on the uh, set of A Beautiful Mind. And um, she played Betty Ross in the first Hulk movie. Oh, by, that's right. Uh, Ang Lee. Yeah. OK. OK. So there you go. And she was also in The Rocketeer, which was done by Joe Johnston, who was the director of Captain America. Oh, interesting. OK. So uh, there's your trivia question for the day. I had um, no idea he was married to uh, Jennifer Connelly. Interesting. Yes, that's uh, that's out punting your out punting the coverage, I believe. Right. <laughs> All right. So, Adam, uh, I know you had some questions, some concerns over where things were. Yeah, I did. Some like open ended things here. I want to guys your opinion on it. I'm going to I'm going to go for the big uh, gun here. I've talked to you guys both this uh, off air, but the house deed that Wanda has is given from Vision that we find out that is just a plot of land in a town in New Jersey. She gets upset because she can't feel Vision anymore. The the dead, the extrapolated body of Vision at the shield, uh, sword headquarters. So he's gifted her this house deed. When did he give her this deed? When did he buy it? And because when you think about when all of this happens in Infinity War, they are living in Scotland, so it most likely wasn't then. And let, in now Civil... hold on, let let me interrupt. They were not yeah. living in Scotland. That was a rendezvous. Right. She was on because the run. He was on the run, or she they were was on, on the run, run together. No, remember he, they were on separate sides of the uh, of the group. Vision right. was pro Sokovia Accords. The Scarlet Witch was not. They could not contact them because they were incommunicado. Like everybody knew that they were getting together and they kind of gave them that time. So they were not on the run together. Okay. So prior to then Infinity War at around Civil War time, which happens in a lot of that happens in Germany. When does Vision go to New Jersey and meet a, a realtor and get a mortgage from a bank that gives a synthesoid a mortgage and a realtor sells them a house? What I'm trying to say is like, that deed thing doesn't really make much sense. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but it doesn't make much sense. How did a computer who everybody knows is a computer? I mean, they it's known that this this vision is not a to the to the general public is not a person, I think. So, I mean, the people in the world understand that there are superheroes out there. So when did he when did he get this? Well, first off, he has the deed. If he has the deed, that means there is no mortgage on the property, right? So he paid cash outright for that. Okay. Well, how he's, did he get? He's the a cash? computer. He's how did been he get the cash? He, he's obviously been mining Bitcoin. Right. Clearly. Right. Plus, uh, he's in his he's computer li- head. Right. 
And he's living on Avengers campus. It's probably rent free, right? Tony's picking up the tab. Yeah. But he doesn't need. It, but does he need? <laughs> but as a computer, he doesn't even need like living expenses. He doesn't like need anything to live. Like, does he just get? Does he plug in at night? Like, does he need electricity to recharge? I don't know how that works. And it's never explained in the show. But I kind of feel like that was planted to her from somebody. And I kind of feel like it was planted from Agnes because she hap- just so happens to live next door to Wanda. Why does the main, you know, villain, witch? Happen to live next door to Wanda. That's kind of like coincidental, I think. Well, I think she tracks her down. De- I mean, the thing is, like, I think the I think the house thing it, it comes from the comics because what what like I said, I started reading the Scarlet Witch or the Vision and Scarlet Witch comics from like the 1980s, and like in the very first episode or uh, issue of that comic, they go and buy a house in New Jersey. It's not the same town name; it's a different town name. But th- that's like the, so. I think that's. I don't think there's a whole lot to that other than it's an homage to something that happened in the comics a way back. You know, I don't think they there's a whole lot more going into it than that. But I think Agatha tracks them down. Right. Like that's I think Wanda creates the hex and then Agatha, you know, picks up that she's there through what she's created because it much it takes that much magic or whatever to do it. That's how. That's what I took from it. Now, how come then she doesn't pick up on this whole endgame battle that's happening in New York and Catherine Hahn probably lives in the New England area? I mean, she's got Connecticut license plates. I, I don't even know if she lives. I mean, does, do witches live or do they just kind of like show up every so often? I mean, like I said, uh, maybe I'm overthinking it, but that kind of that part kind of like was a little bit open ended for me. I, I'd like to think that the vision, uh, you know, wanted to spend a, his life with her and that right. he somehow managed to find a way to buy the house. And as she was going through, you know, his personal effects after his if he's not really alive, we can't say his death, but uh, after his destruction, you know, and she found it and she wanted to go check things out. And then when she got there, you know, that is when the weight of grief fell upon her shoulders. And, you know, ultimately, I think that's what this entire series is about. It's it's not really about good guys and bad guys. It's about dealing with grief and right. loss. And, you know, we all choose to deal with events in our life differently. Most of us don't have the ability to, to work some hex magic and, uh, you know, be a scarlet witch and create uh, an entire fake town. But that's, you know, that's the path that that Wanda chose, you know, I, I kind of am along the, the same lines of thinking here with Mark is that Agatha tracks her down, you know, and, and knows, you know, that this myth, it's kind of like the Kaiser Soze of, right. uh, of the Marvel universe is, you know, oh, Scarlet Witch, you know, do they exist? And then Agnes, Agatha actually finds the Scarlet Witch. Um, and I still think there's going to be some level of, of mutant in here, you know, Scarlet Witch and in the comic books is actually a mutant. She's not a product of experimentation or a product of the Infinity Stones like she is in the Marvel Universe. And when the character was introduced, Marvel did not own Fox and therefore did not have the cinematic rights to the mutant line of comic books, the X-Men, X-Force, you know, any of those X uh, series. And they created the 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 fact that Wanda was a product of uh, of the Mind Stone um, of the Tesseract, 
when I was watching this show and even after it was done, and I, I, I totally agree that like the show is clearly about gr- Wanda's grief and, and you forget, you almost forget like how much Wanda has gone through in the MCU since we've been introduced to her. I mean, she's lost her parents. She's lost her brother. She's lost vision. Tony died. You know, the Avengers. I, I mean, we don't really know where the Avengers stand, which was sort of like her stand in family. And now they're, I mean, you know, Tony's dead. Cap went back in time. Black Widow's gone. You know, so it's like we don't even know where that. So it's like even that sort of like surrogate family she had is gone. So she's gone through a, a heck of a lot in the time that we've known her, you know, and that's, you know, and I think that's that's what's behind all of this, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's just watching the show. You re- like that's the thing that I kind of took home is like you forget how much Wanda's been through. You know, right. in this all of this. Yeah, definitely a lot to deal with. And uh you know, what what was the line? Grief is uh grief is love persevering. Love persevering, yeah, which right. is one of the greatest lines of all time. That that is a great line. Right. I actually uh used that on uh you know when, when I got married. Um so they stole that from me. <laughs> um so I don't know, Adam, I, I think we're both kind of in agreement that, you know, we, we don't think it was Agatha who who placed or or someone else who placed that deed on the on in the car. And and I don't you know, some people and I think Adam, you, you first asked me, like, did the did the deed show up as she was walking out of the sword facility? Like I think it was in there. I think it was rather careless of her just to leave a deed on the seat. But uh, why does Wanda drive a car if she can fly? Because she's, you know, she's going incognito. She doesn't <laughs> yeah. she doesn't fly all the time. Incognito. She, yeah. she just tore What's through it? that whole place. Yeah, but it's the same as Cap. You know, Cap doesn't always, you know, he puts on the ball cap and the jacket and pulls down the brim. He doesn't want to always be recognized. <laughs> I guess, I guess. Um, you know, people be coming up to him like my cat's in a tree. You don't want to be bothered with that all right. the time. I don't, know if you guys, <laughs> I don't know if you guys realize this, but I, I did see that uh, Agatha's house is the house that they used in Bewitched from that show. When oh, they really? That show 60 years ago. So the two witches had the same house. I thought that was pretty cool. That's what happens when you use the same studio lot to film TV shows, apparently. Right, right. That's just yeah. a little fun there. I'm uh, I'm I'm very interested to see what they're gonna do with Agnes. Yes. Um I, I don't necessarily think she was the villain. You know, I I don't know that this episode outside of the sword director, you know, if the if this series had a villain per se. Is the villain grief? You know, is the villain Agatha? You know, I don't I don't think that Agatha was a villain because without Agatha I don't think that Wanda would have fully realized her powers or realize that she has more capability than she thinks she has. Right. Well, and without Agatha, that she doesn't even bring down the hex, I don't think. Right. So they have director Hayward, who's a sword director, whatever that means. I feel like he's like some kind of government official who's probably trying to make a name for himself or something. And he sees this thing going on, this hex, and they need to try to bring it down. I guess he figures out that, Wanda created it, who he knows is, you know, a powerful person. And he's probably trying to, like, protect his image, and he's trying to protect the the, the country from – because you don't know what's going to happen with this person. And that's why I think he's trying to bring her down. He has his own agenda, and I think Agatha is trying to – seems like trying to harness Wanda's power, like like take it almost right. so that she can kind of 
Um, and that was before she realizes that she's a the Scarlet Witch, as she calls her. I don't think Hayward is some kind of like big bad. I think he's just trying to do his job. I think he probably maybe didn't do it the right way because he don't want to listen to anybody, which is yeah. why then they we have Monica, who turns out has some kind of powers of her own. And hopefully that will get, you know, developed more going forward because I thought she was a really, really great character. And um, and I thought she she did a phenomenal job. But um, and I she probably will come back in the, the Miss Marvel show that's coming, I would think, first. Before Marvel, uh, uh, Captain Marvel two, I could be wrong. Uh, I, I definitely think, think we're gonna see her again. Definitely. Yeah, she, she's definitely she, coming back. She's definitely in Captain Marvel two, as is um, Ms. Marvel after her Disney Plus show. But I don't know that we'll see Monica in the Disney Plus show. Another thing I wanted to bring up was Doctor Strange, who is the Sorcerer Supreme, who we find out that that's the right term, right? Sorcerer Supreme. You are yes. correct. So then uh, Agatha says that Wanda is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, Doctor Strange is in Brooklyn, which is not too far from Westview, New Jersey. How come he doesn't, other than like contractual obligations, how come he doesn't show up to figure out what's going on here? That just seems like also another like kind of miss in terms of, you know, continuity. Like I feel like like if Agatha saw that there was a hex being created, I don't maybe he should have maybe shown up or maybe he's doing something else who knows but i guess we'll find out well i i thought it was soho he's he's from soho not uh, oh, not sorry. brooklyn yeah. Yeah. i fully thought that the big uh, guest appearance would be doctor strange because this wandavision is the impetus to the next doctor strange movie which is doctor strange in the multiverse of madness wanda will be in that movie that's already been stated, so it's it's not really a spoiler. And that, you know, we were talking earlier about the big screen versus Disney Plus, and, and that's the beauty of the cinematic universe, is that these characters, Kevin Feige has already stated, that we'll see characters go from the big screen to the small screen, back to the big screen. The reason that there is no season two of WandaVision yet is that her next couple of appearances are going to be back in the, on the big screen. So... You know, kudos to them for getting, you know, these people to work. These days, I don't say that television is any lesser of a medium. You know, in the old days, yeah. if you were a movie star, you didn't want to work television because it was beneath right. you. But now some of these streaming services have budgets that are bigger, you know, as big, if not bigger than some of your major studios. And in some cases, I, I think the storytelling is is better. Oh, I mean, yeah. You're I'm, talking. You're talking about an eight-hour, right? This was like like eight or so hours of movie quality entertainment, right? As you know, like you would, they would have a hard time telling this story in two two hours. This on, would have a, been a tr you know? this would have been a trilogy of movies upon itself. Right. You know, we would have had to have waited six years. You know, two years between each movie, <laughs> and uh, it would have taken that long to tell. And and here we got the story in nine weeks, and it was it was wrapped up nicely and. You know, a, a, another thing with this is the director, Matt, uh, Matt Shackman, was the only director. When we saw Mandalorian come through, right. you know, John Favreau and a team of directors directed it with a consistent vision. And, yeah, there were differences in directorial styles, but this was all Matt Shackman. And I think to get that consistent vision, you know, to have one director, it was pretty cool and, and a major accomplishment uh, and yeah. a lot of work. If you're familiar with Kevin Smith, he has a... Uh... Uh, a podcast slash YouTube channel 
called uh, Fat Man Beyond. And um, I actually watch it. They do a, an episode where they interview Matt Shackman. And it's like a two-hour episode. I just saw it yesterday. Warning for anybody, if you're not familiar with Kevin Smith, his language is is salty to say the least. So if you're sensitive to that, I would not watch it. But the interview with Matt Shackman is outstanding. I mean, it really is. It's maybe half hour, 45 minutes into the show. It's like a two-hour show. It's like maybe half hour, 45 minutes in. But um, if you really liked WandaVision, and go and listen to this interview because he has – you know, he's he's the director. He has amazing insights. He explains so much, and it was really good. And, and you learned a lot about Max Shackman. Is that uh, what, what I picked that I, that I had no idea about? Is that he actually was a child actor, and in some cases he was, he he I think he played roles in Growing Pains and you know some of those other sitcoms from the you know late '80s, early '90s. So. I thought that was really interesting insight, knowing how WandaVision played out. Like he was sort of like the perfect guy for this, for that, uh, for this show, you know? So I thought that was really interesting. So if you, if you want to learn, uh, if you want to learn more about Max Shackman and his view of how this all played out, go and and check that out if you have time. Very cool. Thanks, Mark. Uh, One thing I was wondering about is uh, when, when there was no kids and they kept talking about for the children and there were no children to show up. And then all of a sudden, on a Halloween episode, there's all kids, and then they disappear again after that. Except I'm ex- I'm talking except for Wanda's kids, Billy and Tommy. And when I was watching and I was thinking about it, I was like, I think these kids are dead. And I thought that because they're gone, and then they show up on Halloween, and Halloween is All Hallows Eve. It's the night that the dead walk the earth, and it kind of made sense. And then at the next episode or the episode where she's in the kitchen and she's eating her cereal on the radio, they talk about how it wasn't that nice that the little ghosts came out and now they're gone. And then at the last episode, we find out that the kids have been sleeping. They weren't dead. And, uh, and that's probably maybe because they didn't want to, I don't, maybe they don't want to have dead children on a Disney show. But um, I guess uh, what I'm trying to get at is during the, epi- during the, the, the show, Wanda keeps saying there's things that she that is happening that she has no control over. And I wonder if she had control. What do you guys do? You think she had control over the fact that the kids were sleeping and then all of a sudden they show up at Halloween or was that an Agatha thing? And then if that's if Wanda like it seems like there's a lot of things that Wanda says she did wasn't under control, but that were still happening. I mean, I mean, the, the song is it was Agatha all along. So maybe it would between the two of them that's how things were running in this town or was there something else that they didn't really get into that maybe nobody understands because there was a lot because it, it at the end it Agatha is kind of surprised to find out that Wanda is the Scarlet Witch because she she brought her back into she went back through her childhood and saw how things progressed and how she you know became who she was so this was all new to Agatha at that episode so Prior to that, Agatha doesn't know what Wanda can and cannot do, and Wanda's saying that she's not aware of everything that's going on. So, would he, was there somebody else filling in the gaps? Does that make I sense? I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to say Agatha didn't know. I think Agatha was trying. What I, the way I saw it is, Agatha wasn't sure that she was the Scarlet Witch, but she suspected she was. That's that's where I that's how I took it, and that's why she was there. 
to try to learn to to confirm to, that and then take the power from her you think exactly that's that's what i took from it is that that's what she, she wasn't sure but i think she suspected and that's why she was there to find out exactly what what she could do and what she couldn't yeah and and me i never gave any real thought to the kids most kids yeah, in sitcoms yeah. are annoying anyway <laughs> um, i but they, know, but the I, running I think, line was for the children and it's like well where the heck are the children what are we what are we looking for I think it's a combination of maybe Wanda didn't want to bring harm to any of the children because she herself was harmed as a child when her parents died. But also at at one point um, when the people were coming out of their uh, coming out of their spells at the, in the final episode, the one woman mentioned, you know, can my daughter finally leave her room? So it seemed like the kids yeah. were maybe uh, secured in their room to protect them. Uh, I don't know. And I mean, we don't even know how long how long this hex bubble was around. I mean, it was long enough for sword to set up a, a camp on the perimeter. Um, you yeah, know, but hopefully they can do that fast. I would hope, you know, you would think we didn't really get into Pietro or fake Pietro, fake Pietro. We, some of us maybe thought it was like some kind of setup of a multiverse with the X men. And it just, it turns out it really was just sort of to play with us. Which it was I think Matt's is funny. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> which I think Ralph, right? Which I think was a. It was kind of funny how that they did that, and I think that was that was a really like they can only really do that with Quicksilver because that's one of the only characters that has been in right. both MCU and X Men, and it just so happens that it's Wanda's brother who's dead. It really kind of worked out well that that's the character that could bring back and that he's you know he could act in it. I think that was – I'm kind of glad they didn't open up an X-Men multiverse because that would have been a little bit more confusing. But it was right. funny that they decided to use the same actor to sort of play around with our minds a little bit. Well, I, I did read somewhere that they said that we might not have seen the last of Max Boner and that he uh, right. appears uh, appears later uh, in Ralph the Marvel Boner. Universe. Ralph Boner. Ralph – I like Max Boner yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, in this – in the interview yesterday, and I thought this this was one of the things that I thought was really interesting, is um, he talks about that. He talks about that choice. What he says is, you know, during the course of this show, what we really see is we see Wanda going through the stages of grief, right? You know, and, and I'm actually curious to go back and see if it's like each episode is one of the stages of grief or, you know, I, I don't know what they are or whatever. But I, anyway, but he says we, we we watch her go through these stages of grief. And the, and the and the thing with Quicksilver is it's it's almost acceptance, right? Like that's that stage because she's so deep in into this grief that she's that she's willing to accept this this guy who doesn't have the face that she remembers her brother having being her brother, you know? And I thought that was really interesting. I thought that was, it, 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 I thought that was a, a really interesting take. And um, I, I guess there's some question. I, I know that a lot of fans were disappointed because they, they thought that was going to lead to something else. Right. I think a lot of fans were disappointed in that. Oh, please. Every week the fans had something to be disappointed right. about. You <laughs> right. know, if it if it was the fact that we never got the introduction to Reed Richards, you know, we didn't get the, the real Pietro. Uh, we didn't get to see Nicholas Scratch or Mephisto. You right. know, every every week was a different um, a, a different fan theory of what was going to happen. And and then at the end, you know, nothing ever materialized. Yeah. And. 
I don't think that's wrong. You know, people are all upset because, well, we never saw we never saw right, Mephisto right. and, you know, the, this reference to Mr. Scratchy, the rabbit, Nicholas Scratch is uh, Nicholas Scratch in the Marvel Universe, I believe, is Agatha's son that she has with like Mephisto or something. And uh. people thought that Mr. Scratchy was uh, a, a substitute for for Nicholas Scratch. Um, you know, so there was all this stuff that just never happened. Yeah. And then the, you know, the fanboys and the fangirls, when it all ended, everybody was up in arms because we didn't get the Dr. Strange, you know, cameo. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, everybody thought when Monica mentioned the aerospace engineer, that that was going to be Reed Richards and that we were going to see John, uh, John Krakinski as, uh, uh, Reed Richards from the fantastic four. And, and, you know, I mean, that would have tied in because eventually if, if you've read the comic books, like I have. Agatha is the nanny to Reed Richards and Su- Susan Storm's son, Franklin Richards, who ends up becoming like the most powerful mutant of all. But that's, you know, that's down the road. So there there is a tie in with Agatha there. Yeah. And it would have worked, but uh, it didn't. So I just it kind of made me laugh like every week. Like, how much can you fit into a show? Right. And you I, know? you know, and and I, I like I didn't understand any of that. Like I said, I loved this show from beginning to end. I thought it was great. I mean, it was a little slow in the beginning, but I, I, I loved the whole show. And I think in the end, they gave us what they said. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like they never promised <laughs> any of this stuff that the that the theories proposed. We we got what what they sort of told us it was going to be. You know, it's a show about Wanda and Vision. That's what that's what we got. You know. Um, so I, I thought it was great, you know, but yeah. I, yeah, I, those, you know, I'm all about like, I love speculating. Like that's part of the fun of all this. Like it's a part of the fun of watching it episode by episode. Like, wow, what does this mean? What does that mean? Um, I like doing it too, but you can't get all so wrapped up in it that you don't enjoy what they give you, you know? Right. Like, that's, that's where I, so Right. You know, I, I think the only lingering question I have after all of this is, um, you know, Wanda's uh, vision, which, you know, that she conjured up, you know, gives the white vision his memories back and right. allows him to access his memories of what happened before. And then he just disappears. You know, I, I you know, we, we know at the end of the of the of the show, based on the second scene, post credit scene. Uh, that Wanda is off, you know, searching the uh, using her astral form to search herself, to to find herself, to uh, do that type of soul searching. I'd like to think that the vision is somewhere doing something similar. You know, yeah. will they will they get back together? And that's you know, we've we've seen all of these relationships get built, you know, Wanda and the vision, um, Star-Lord and Gamora. You know, now all of a sudden it's it's the past Gamora, who's now back, who has no idea about her relationship with Star-Lord. We get this vision who doesn't really have the relationship with Wanda that we want and we like. And, you know, they've just kind of taken these two relationships and just like brought them back to prior to to the start of them, just back to square zero, um, which kind of bums me out. But if, you know, like my my hope is in the end, like, look, and I know there's a lot, there's some fan theories, like we saw that ending credit episode where, you know, you know, Wanda's sitting on a porch having a cup of tea, and then she's, you know, astral projecting into the bedroom and doing all kinds of stuff. And and I know there's some people that are speculating that she's going to be a bad guy, you know, she's going to end up being the, the villain in, in, in Doctor Strange and that kind of thing. But I'll, I'll tell you what, like, 
I, I want Wanda to get all this stuff. Like, I don't want her to be a villain. I want her to, I want her to get her vision back. I want her, <laughs> I want her to get her kids back. You know, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm like champion for her now. Like, I want her to, I want her to, you know, get a win. You know, <laughs> right? Like, I, I do, I do like though that um, there's some continuity. Uh, the book that she was going through, the Darkhold. Uh, which is a, a book of sorcerers and, and spells and all this stuff, actually made an appearance on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, if you watch season four, the season with Ghost Rider. Yeah, I think uh, I, I I think I started it and never finished it. Gotcha. Season, but... Gotcha. So the, the Darkhold is a is a book that actually resides in the Marvel Universe and is one of those books that, you know, Doctor Strange would study. So does the Darkhold... You know, is the Darkhold going to make her bad? Is she going to bring about, you know, is it her studying the Darkhold that's going to cause this rip in the multiverse that's going to bring us to Doctor Strange? Uh, the the multiverse seems to be getting a lot of play. Apparently, Spider-Man 3 uh, is going to have some multiverse uh, right. components to it as well. So I, I guess the multiverse is the big thing for Phase 4. Yeah, and we, and the, I think the name, the, the Spider-Man No Way Home name certainly is – suggests you know he, peter parker's gonna be stuck somewhere and can't get home you know or, right. or have trouble getting home at least right so yeah i think I, yeah the multiverse they're certainly hinting at a multi <laughs> at the yeah. multiverse yeah considering they're bringing back alfred molina as doc ock which was the yeah. uh, doc ock from the first uh series jamie fox as electro from the second set of spider-man trilogies and rumor has it that both the Andrew Garfield and Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire are coming back as, yeah. as Spider-Men. Uh, so that that'll be interesting. Yeah, like the, the multiverse is where it's at. Yeah. And I, I you know, I keep forgetting like that that movie's, you know, that movie's at the end of the year, like it's coming out in December. Right. And um, you know, so it's this year is going to be crazy with you know, last year was like bereft of all Marvel <laughs> stuff. We got, we got we got nothing. And right. this year it's it's like week after week we're getting new Marvel stuff. We're getting Marvel movies. We're getting, you know, new series. Like it's it's gonna be it's, our cup runneth over this year. Oh yeah. I mean we've still got Shang Chi in July yeah. and then the Eternals in November and Spider Man at Christmas and Loki. Yeah. Captain America and the Falcon, what if I don't know if the Ms. Marvel it will be out by the end of the year. It's this is saying the thing I'm looking at is saying September. September. It's, yeah. So we get the What If series is late summer, and then and then Miss Marvel is after that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, we're gonna be chock full of Marvel. Yeah, it's gonna be great. And I think Adam's still with us. Adam, where are you? Uh, and I, you guys were talking about multiverse, which is gonna be fun. I think that Doctor that Doctor Strange movie was supposed to come out right after this show. But because of the, the filming issues, it got delayed a lot. Yeah. It's interesting how how all we kind of touched on a little bit how the order of all of these things got changed a lot and how if that affects and how much because we were supposed to get Black Widow before all of this. Right. And that's now coming out late after some of after a lot of this. And um, if you're not familiar, Falcon and the Winter Soldier starts on March. 19th which if you listen to this when it comes out should be that coming friday so pay attention to that and we don't know where that we don't really know like timeline of that which is cool the last episode of wandavision had a had two post credit or end credit scenes whatever you want to call them and uh, the last one wanda was 
doing some kind of spell story thing. I don't know what the word is. Something that Doctor Strange did when they can like have their spirit outside of their body and do two things at once. But you hear the voices of her kids. So right. I think we, we, we're definitely going to get her trying to get her kids wherever the heck they are. If they are really kids or if they're kind of like spirits or something. That's what I thought was – I thought that that was so – that that end, that final end credit where she's doing the astral projector thing was so interesting because it suggests so much, um, you know, between like, you know, we, we hear earlier in the episode, Agatha say she's high, she's, she's more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. Well, I, I think we, in that, in that little after credit scene, we, we sort of see that because every time we've seen astral projection up to this point, um, it's, it's, because the the physical body is like resting or unconscious or like it's not the 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 actual physical body is not you know moving around it's it's uh, you know we every every time we've seen it up to this in both in Doctor Strange we saw it in Endgame when the uh, the Ancient One does it to the Hulk she knocks Bruce Banner out of the Hulk you know and and the Hulk is unconscious but in in this scene. Um, you know, Wanda's able to, you know, do stuff with her physical body while she's, you know, also studying the Darkhold and all this other kinds of stuff. So I thought that was really interesting. And then um, now, did, you know, did, did you guys pick up uh, during that scene, the kids uh, yelling for her? Yeah. And that's the thing, because it's like, well, I mean, sort of that sort of suggests that they were not you know, just a figment of Wanda's, you know, magic, right? You know, that, you know, somewhere they're out there, you know? Yeah. Now, the, the thing is, um, so her two kids in the comic books, uh, Tommy and Billy become Speed and Wiccan. We saw that one of them had his uncle's speed powers. One of them said he could see thoughts. Uh, right. he's, he's more along the lines of, of what Wanda can do. Now, in the comic books, Speed and Wiccan are part of the Young Avengers, um, who are uh, younger versions or sidekicks of some of the Avenger heroes. We know that we're getting, uh, in the Hawkeye series on Disney+, Plus. we know that we're getting Kate, an introduction to Kate Bishop. She eventually takes on the mantle of Hawkeye. She is a Young Avenger. Um, we have been told that Ironheart uh, Riri Williams is going to be taking over uh, the Iron Man role in the Marvel Universe with the Disney Plus series. Um, so Iron Lad in the Young Avengers comic books, but you could easily drop in Iron Heart, who is right. the female Iron Man as one of the Young Avengers. So it seems like we're getting the components of the Young Avengers. Ms. Marvel, um, who is not a Young Avenger in the comic books, but could be adapted for Disney Plus. So it she, seems uh, like She-Hulk is something too, whatever she, that is. She-Hulk, no. but She-Hulk's an adult. Uh, she would oh. she would never be. A, she's a lawyer, Adam. Uh, well, I thought she isn't she a niece of Bruce Banner? Isn't that she's she she's is? Bruce Banner's cousin? Oh, I thought she was a niece. Or as they called him on TV, David Banner, because Bruce was not an acceptable name. Um, so, you know, it seems like just like they did with the Netflix heroes, where all of those heroes came together and formed the Defenders, you know, we seem to be getting a lot of these characters on Disney Plus that are going to eventually form 
the Young Avengers. Uh, it might not be for a year or two because you've got right. to get all of these set up, but it, it sounds like that may be where they're headed, uh, which will be interesting. Um, and Cassie Lang, who is Ant-Man's daughter, uh, right. is also um, in the Young Avengers. That's cool. So we're, we're getting all sorts of components, and it will be uh, interesting to see where that goes. It, it's also interesting. Then they also have Black Widow, which we don't know where how that's going to end and who that's going to introduce. And then this Eternals movie, which is, from what I understand, all in the past. But that ha- – I mean Marvel they're, doesn't – They're do, eternal, Adam. Marvel doesn't um, – <laughs> everything is done on purpose with them. So there's a reason why they did the Eternals movie. It has to set – it's going to set something up. There's a reason why they even did the Black Widow movie. It's going to probably bounce around in some kind of timeline or something and set something up for the future. I think they they don't do anything just by chance. Everything has a purpose. I have a theory for Black Widow. Well, Mm -hmm. hold on. Let me me tell you mine real quick, and that's just so that we can find out what happened in Budapest. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> they keep talking about it. We still don't know. Yeah. Uh, my theory for Black Widow is that we've seen in the trailers, at least, that she has a sister or at least somebody who's like a sister that, that, that is going to play a big role in that movie. I think that woman, whoever that woman is, takes on the role of Black Widow. She becomes the new Black Widow. That's what I think is going to happen. So... There, I think so too. I think so put too. Put it put it down. If I'm wrong, you can all make fun of me later. I don't think you are far off. And I'm dying to see the Red Guardian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As am I. Hopefully that movie makes it to theaters uh, at the beginning of May. Yeah. Because uh, Bob Chapek said they're they're still gearing on a uh, gearing up for a theatrical release. Yeah, I'm I'm actually sort of hoping that's the first movie we get to go to an actual theater and see since this all began. That's, that's my hope. Excellent. Yeah. All right, Adam, you were, you were the the question master. What else, what else do we have to clear up for you? <laughs> we didn't find out who the missing persons was that, Oh man. Jimmy, Jimmy Woo. Woo. That Jimmy, Jimmy Woo, Woo was looking for. We didn't, we didn't figure that sort of storyline out. They didn't really get into that too much. Well, how can um, we not mention Jimmy Woo and Darcy? Uh, if they cannot get their own show, I know. <laughs> like, wouldn't you like to see like an X Files type type show with them just going around investigating things? Totally. I, that's a, exactly like a, a like a funnier X Files with the two right? of them. I think I was like, give us that show. We all want it. Give it to yep. us. You know, I I like Randall Park, uh, who played Jimmy Woo. I, I liked him uh, in Fresh Off the Boat, which was the his sitcom on ABC. And uh, in in uh, WandaVision, when he finally got the sleight of hand ready and did his magic trick, which is what he was trying to replicate from Ant-Man and the Wasp, where Scott yeah. showed him the magic trick, that was awesome. And that yeah. just kind of that, – that made me laugh. Yeah, that's one of those those things that Marvel does so well. Like, here's this thing that happened – you know, six movies ago, <laughs> right? Right. And here's <laughs> the payoff. Everybody's forgot. Yeah, that everybody's forgotten about. Uh, here's the payoff. You know. <laughs> and Darcy, we don't know where she went. Um, will she be in, you know, Thor four? We don't know. Probably not, since she's not over overseas yeah. filming with them. Uh, but uh, it was good to see her back in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I I would love to see those two together. I hope I, I hope they go there. I, th- yeah. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, they they did make a nice team. I just kind of wanted to go over White Vision a little bit more with you guys because I'm just like I I just wonder I wonder where he is and I and I wonder where Wanda is at the in that cabin. Where is that cabin? And where do we think White Vision went? And is the government tracking him because he's a property of the u.s government i don't know he's a another super weapon that's floating around in the universe i don't know where he is i i do i think it's a very interesting question the um does he you know if he's got the original vision's body and he's got the and he's got the vision from this show memories then is he i i mean i i I think we're gonna that's at some point in the future that they're gonna tackle that question and we're gonna find out i just i have to say (laughs) <laughs> and I never thought I'd be, I, I would say this, but like the battle between the visions in the final episode where they're talking about the ship of thesis was so compelling, <laughs> right? Like who would have thought that in a superhero movie, like when you're a superhero show where you want, you know, people beating each other up that a conversation about the ship of thesis was going to be like, Wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just thought, I thought that was so well done. <laughs> uh, just to, to jump on, Adam. Uh, so White Vision is actually something that occurred in the comic books. It was a different, you know, like comic books. No one ever really dies, you know, right. uh, except for Uncle Ben. But, uh, you know, this is one of the many versions of the vision that we've had. I believe the White Vision spent some time with the. Uh, uh, Great Lakes Avengers or maybe the West Coast Avengers because there's Avengers teams all over the place. Uh, so the White Vision is something that we saw in the comics. Um, a little interesting now, though, that the uh, Vision, instead of being powered by the uh, Infinity Stone, and I guess he got a jump start from Thor in uh, uh, Age of Ultron, is now being powered by Wanda's Scarlet you know, magic. So she is the source of his energy. So it makes me wonder if she's going to be able to find him because she powered him now. Right. You know, they took that bit of energy from that drone and used it to power the vision. I didn't Uh, think of that. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. That's a good point. So granted, he's now essentially, uh, you know, uh, had his memory wiped fresh and he's getting a new start. And, you know, (laughs) I I think he's kind of finding himself as I mentioned earlier, but uh, uh, Adam, the, the cabin, so what I what I read, and, and it's not that I could recognize it by any feature in the uh, scene, is that the cabin is very close to Mount Wondegore, and Mount Wondegore has a tie to the Darkhold. Um, okay. In the Marvel universe, it's one of these fictional areas. As as much as Marvel bases itself in the real world, they like to create some of these fake places outside of the United States. You know, all the Marvel stuff happens in New York City. You know, DC, everything is fictional. Marvel always wanted to base everything in the real world that its readers could understand until they decide to make up a Wakanda and a Wondagore and, uh, you know, all these places overseas. Um, But the the rumor is that the cabin is at the base of Mount Wondagore and she is studying the Darkhold uh, while she's there because uh, Wondagore is where the Darkhold was created by Chathan. And uh, the sorceress Morgana Le Fay, who is actually tied into the uh, Knights of the Round Table, 
mm-hmm. uh, legend is is tied into that because she's actually a Marvel character as well. So uh, so that's where she is. I was fully hoping as that scene was coming, I, I was hoping it would have been Canada and we would have seen Wolverine. Uh, <laughs> but we yeah. did or, or even just to hear the snicket of the claws. But we didn't get that, and then it ends up being Wondagore. So uh, that's way too geeky, and if anyone does not uh, respect me after this show because of my level of geekiness, I will understand. Yeah. I, I, I'll say Tony's explanation seems to make way more sense, but I had also heard speculation that it was, you know, how she was sitting near the lake, and there were people that were speculating that the lake was what was created after Sokovia when it, you know, cause it went flying off and then it broke up and then what was created was the lake. But I, your, your, your explanation makes way more sense, but that's it. But like fan theories, all of this yeah. could, could come to pass and not be the case. Right. She could be in, uh, you know, Pennsylvania next to the Great right. Wolf Lodge. <laughs> right. For all we know. right. <laughs> so. All right. So do we, do we have any final thoughts on, uh, on WandaVision? I don't know. Was was there anything that you were disappointed by, Tony? Or did did you love it through and through? Where where where, where did you? You know, I, I give it two thumbs up. Like most people, I wasn't sure where it was going to go after the first two episodes. Yeah. But I knew to keep watching, and I knew that the payoff would be there. And and like most Marvel movies, you know, there was uh, suspense, there was humor. You know, it run the gamut of emotions. I actually teared up when when uh, she was saying goodbye to the kids in the vision. Yeah. You know, uh, I think a lot of that is because, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm a man in my early 50s. I'm going through menopause and, uh, <laughs> you know, my emotions get to me. So it, it it you know, it was the highs and the lows of any Marvel e- event that are happening. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I look forward to what Marvel has coming next. Uh, I'd love to see another WandaVision series. Uh, don't know how they would do it. You know, don't know what context it would be in because we do have a couple of movies and a bunch of more Marvel Disney Plus shows already in in the works and don't know where this would fit in. It would be a couple of years down the road. Yeah. You know, will my love for them have have faded over time? Uh, but I do agree. I, I think they're one of the better couples. They play off of each other very well. And uh, yeah, I, I give it two thumbs up. Yeah. For me, it was like it was like an origin story after we've learned so much about the character and I think that was a different way to do it and it helped that it was a series as opposed to just a movie because we could you know kind of go through it more slowly and then when it's a series you can focus more on certain on individual things as opposed to like a bigger picture which I think is going to be good or, or, or which I think is good for what we needed with Wanda because she's not a she's not a put on a suit and you're a you're a superhero. She's got like a more different backstory and a different sort of power. And is she good? Is she bad? We don't really know. So let's kind of figure that out together. Well, and, she's, um, she's got a suit now. Well, yes. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I meant like an iron, like a Tony Stark Iron Man suit. I know. I I, I was just joking because it, it seems like you know, wouldn't it be funny if that was the whole, uh, you know, the the whole uh. uh reason for this show was to at the end of nine episodes have scarlet witch have an actual costume <laughs> um i i don't i'm not i'm not disappointed in anything because i wasn't expecting i didn't know what to expect and it helped wandavision that it was the first marvel thing that we've gotten in over a year because the marvel fans were 
waiting for something. It all, I think it's good that Mandalorian was so has been so successful over Disney Plus that it proves that they can make this TV stuff really good that's available on here. Would I have liked a cameo of a of somebody from the past, a cameo of Thor, of Professor X, of Magneto? Would I have liked that? Yeah, I would have. That would have been really cool. But the fact that that wasn't there doesn't make me like this any less. And I think not only did we learn about Wanda, where they introduced Monica, they introduced the kids, and they introduced Agatha. And hopefully, at least, you know, with Agatha, we we get more with the kids. We get more. We'll, we'll probably definitely get more, like we said before, with Monica. And um, they've they've world they world build Marvel more with this show, which is which is great. So. I'm I'm happy. And and not only did they introduce Monica, but they gave you the creation of her character. You don't know yeah. who her character is yet, but you know, by going through the hex twice, she's been modified at the molecular level. They've already stated that. So, you know, we we don't need to go through an entire origin story with her because we got it during WandaVision. Right, so right, right. Now we just need to see which of her many incarnations of hero that she has been in the Marvel universe uh, she shows up as. Yeah. Where where do you think you now we, we talked about the the end credit scene with Wanda. We didn't really talk about the end credit scene with Monica. So what do you what do you think? Where do you think that leads? I don't know. There's a lot of ways it can go. We know that she's going to be back. We know that she's going to take on a hero, guys. Well, um, she met with that scroll in the theater. Right. And right. the scroll says somebody from up there wants to talk to you, which is probably Samuel L. Jackson's yeah. character. His name. Theory. Fury. Fury. And we know that there's a Fury show coming. I don't know how that's going to work with everything, but we know that Fury at the end of Spider-Man 2 was up on a ship, which we're assuming now is S.W.O.R.D. based on how things progressed in this show. And that's another thing. That's another world building event where Monica now is maybe going to go into space and make, see Nick Fury and they're going to figure out why she doesn't talk about Captain Marvel anymore. You know, there's some kind of issue between the two of them that happened and when I was watching this, I felt like you really didn't need to have watched much of the MCU before to understand what was going on because they did do they did explain a lot, and especially in the second to last episode, they explained a lot of Wanda's backstory. But I'm pretty sure you're going to have to have watched this to understand everything going forward because they set up a lot of stuff that is going to be important to understand the future. So Marvel does it great, you know. You have to watch everything to really understand everything. And you have to subscribe to Disney Plus to be able to watch everything. So yeah. that's kind of how it all works. Well said, Adam. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where the, where they take her. Uh, does she end up as Photon? You know, at one point she was a Ms. Marvel. You know, she she took over the, the the Captain Marvel thing when Carol Danvers was something else for a while. So who knows? Who knows where they're yeah, going? Yeah, yeah. I just think she's pissed that Captain Marvel let her mother die. Is, yeah, you think that that's what the issue is? As mm-hmm. I, I I sort of figure that the same thing, but we will have to why she didn't show up and help her right. out or whatever. Right. Or you're gonna find out that some radiation from Captain Marvel, uh, you know, caused her mother's cancer. Yeah. Maybe yeah. something like that. That'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But yeah, good stuff. I I mean I think for the first for the first show on uh for the first TV. Uh, show they just they nailed it you know I, I i mean i don't know that i could ask for much more than what they gave us you know <laughs> like it was great 
All right now, now we're gonna go from romance with Wanda and the Vision to uh, bromance with yes. uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So it should be a should be another fun ride. Yeah, and this is the one like when they announced all these Marvel shows, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was the one I was really excited about, you know, and and I still am. I mean, I, I this is the one I was really looking forward to, and you know, WandaVision, I was sort of like, yeah, I'll watch it, you know. But it was just so good. Now I'm that much more excited about what they do with Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know. I hope that doesn't fail. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, they've had so many misses. Right. <laughs> all right. So I hope that uh, you all enjoyed this little discussion about uh, WandaVision. Uh, very loose format. You know, we, we didn't want to break down each episode, but just kind of get our general feelings out and uh, let us know how you felt in the comments. And, uh, you know, let's uh, let's get ready for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier in a couple weeks. And uh, I will send it over to Tony to close it out. All right, I'd like to remind you that, as always, our podcast is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner. Check out their website, Main Street and More Travel. Request a quote and let Chris's team plan your family's next magical vacation. Whether it's to Walt Disney World, Wondagor, Sokovia, Wakanda, we can plan them all. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search on the Mouse and More podcast. On behalf of Mark and Adam, this is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Uh, Mark, before we really sign off, tell everybody about your show. Oh, right. Yeah, I have. I also have a, a show with a good friend of mine, Geek Hangout, where we talk about uh, we we, the, we put an episode out earlier this week where we talk about WandaVision, uh, but we talk about we run the gamut. Anything that we talk about Star Wars and Star Trek and Doctor Who and video games and you know whatever whatever sort of moves us we talked about so uh, if you like this kind of conversation check us out over there yeah mark and uh, grant his friend he called his friend geek hangout the show is called geek hangout his friend <laughs> is grant and, uh, no they do a great job so, definitely if, if you want more nerd stuff that that we can't provide go listen to that <laughs> you should listen to that anyway because we love mark i'm sorry good night everybody good night everyone